advisory to those who are not animal lovers, open to new ideas, or interested in integrative holistic healthcare for your pets, and believe that prescription diet is the best food for your pet. This podcast may offend your sensibilities. Have you ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang, and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Good morning, everyone. This is Amrys Wang from The Raw Entrepreneur. I have a very special guest all the way from Down Under, my very first Australian guest whom I have been following for a while. Her name is Brittany Young, and she is a certified dog trainer, animal nutritionist, and canine athlete specialist located on the Gold Coast, Queensland, and is the owner of The Pet Girl. The Pet Girl provides an array of services that focus on a whole animal approach, assessing every aspect of an animal's life to identify areas of struggle. Emphasis is placed on good health and well-being with a specific focus on good nutrition. Brittany's passion for nutrition and the role it plays in training animals began with the creation of a raw dog food manufacturing business four years ago and was the result of countless amazing testimonials of pet parents reclaiming their dog's health and happiness. It was from this that Brittany developed a platform to educate other pet parents in all areas of pet health and wellness. Brittany is owned by a tribe, a working dog mix Yogi, a Labrador Pepsi, a Shetland Sheepdog Binti, a working Border Collie Vixen, and finally, a Rescue Panther Bullseye. All have inspired Brittany to become better educated in animal wellness and pet guardianship. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for saying yes. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. <laughs> what an introduction. That's the longest oh, introduction ever. You deserve it. You deserve it. I've been following you for a while now and I absolutely adore and respect what you've been doing over there. In fact, you know, every time Thank I you. see your posts, I, I always ask myself, ah, if only she was in Singapore, you know, that, you know, I would <laughs> love to have someone like, like you, you know, um, over here. <laughs> to be honest, in Singapore, we don't really have that many um, like-minded people, um, you know, what you're doing. Uh, we have a bit, but I think um, they don't have that whole wellness approach that you do when it comes to nutrition, um, training, behavior, you know, the whole package. You know, uh, some of them might be dog behaviorists, but, you know, they, they don't advocate like a fresh food diet, for instance. You know, they don't think, mm, you know, whatever you feed is fine. You know, you know, they don't, 
they they don't see the link behind between behavior and health, especially gut health, you know. And what you do is something that you know I I I think is awesome. So, could you share with our listeners today who is Brittany? Well, Brittany the pet girl. No, <laughs> I'm still stoked I got that name. Um, but yeah, no, so my, my background is a little bit boring. I don't think it's very interesting at all, but I will share it with you. I, um, as you said, I am a certified dog trainer, um, and an animal nutritionist. Uh, and I also work with canine athletes. So dogs that, which is a sort of a new thing. Um, but I work with canine athletes and get them, their bodies conditioned and ready to be able to perform sporting activities um, and whatnot. And I've sort of been taking that knowledge and, and working it into pet health as well. Um, but yeah, my background is not, uh, is not too intense. I originally was a police officer. Um, I was a police officer in, um, my, yeah, in my state. Uh, and I left that business to, uh, to join forces with my husband and we started a raw dog food manufacturing business. Um, from that business, we, we got re- a really fantastic response and we were quite busy, uh, right off the cuff. And within, you know, three to four months we had, um, we, we needed to move into a bigger premises. We were getting, uh, getting absolutely inundated with, uh, with customers and we had a really great customer base. Um, and it was from there, we kind of, I found that I started, uh, gravitating towards like fussy dogs and, um, gravitating to dogs with, um, like behavioral issues. And I started talking to people more and more about behavioral issues and, um, and not necessarily giving them advice, but saying, Hey, have you tried diet? We've had, um, we've had, you know, a couple of experiences that have really highlighted to us how important diet was. Uh, and it kind of just started developing like that. Um, from there, I then went and did my dog training certification with the national dog trainers federation, um, in Australia. Um, which is one of the only recognized uh, nationwide courses that is available in Australia. Um, And I completed that course. And I basically from there, I started to learn about the principles of behavior. And it it made sense to me that, uh, you know, that what we put into them is what we're going to get out of them. So um, with that background in, in, manufacturing and, and the nutrition, basic knowledge in nutrition. I then um, touched base with Sasha Packer from the Balance Canine. She actually found me and we connected uh, and we just kicked it off. Um, and I'd like to say that we're friends. She may disagree. No, just joking. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we connected and we created the Fresh Food Feeding Group. And then I pursued a, um, a certification in nutrition just to make it official. Um, and then from there, I, I'm always constantly learning. I'm always constantly um, furthering my education uh, and developing my education uh, further. I think that you can never stop learning when it comes to animals. Um, and so that's what I plan on doing. And I, I do just kind of do course. Um, I let it sit for a while, then I do another course and you know, just to get as much information and as much knowledge as I can. Um, because if I know better than as Rodney Habib says, I will do better. Oh, you're a Renaissance girl. You are, you know, I love the fact that you're continuing learning and growing. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize the importance that, um, just because you know something today, um, that's set in, you know, in, in, in stone for the rest of the, the rest of time, you know, with knowledge, things do change and we have to learn to update ourselves to improve ourselves. 
Absolutely. Um, I feel like we're constantly our, um, we have to always have an open mind. I've always had to have an open mind and we need to be able to be adaptable and change with new present. Um, and that goes with training, with nutrition, with anything, with way of life, whatever. Um, if we're open-minded, then we're, we're going to be able to accept the new information a lot easier uh, and then, yeah, progress to taking that on and we can take on bits and pieces that we like and so on and so forth. Um, so you started um, your raw dog food business. Um, is that called the pet girl itself or is it a... a no. Well, what's it no, called? No, so our... Our raw dog food business was called That Pet Food Company um, and it was on the Gold Coast and we manufactured and delivered and our slogan was um, straight from our kitchen to your door. So what, I mean like, you know, how, what, what made you decide to do a raw food? I mean, were you always a raw feeder? So it's actually interesting. My husband had two other dogs. He had our oldest dogs, Pepsi and Yogi, prior to me um, getting together with him um and pretty much we lived in a place and i was like this is crazy how come you're feeding them this raw food like surely this you, you know like we should get them on better food like on advance or something like that um he's like no trust me it makes them crazy you don't want to do that um and anyway one day we actually ran out of dog food um and i just went to the pet shop and grabbed like whatever the food i was like i'll show him um, and cause I mean, I never knew that dogs ate raw food, like raw bones made sense, but like raw food to me didn't, I didn't even think I'd never thought about it. Um, and I never thought, I just thought it's just dry food. Just dogs just get dry food. Um, and so we actually gave our dogs the, the advanced kibble. Um, and within, uh, seven days, within a full seven days of feeding them that food, uh, they caused about $5,000 worth of damage to our backyard. Um, they ripped out our entire irrigation system out of the ground. They, uh, my Labrador ate the kennel, the wooden kennel. Sheet, oh my like, gosh. As in the walls of the kennel. Um, they ate all the plants. There was no plants left and they dug holes that were like, I'm not even joking. It was like they were digging to China. They were digging so deep. Oh my um, gosh. And nothing had changed. So nothing had changed with their, uh, with only their food had changed. So their exercise regime was the same. The weather was the same. The amount of times we got them out was the same. Nothing had changed. So we pinned it down to the food. Um, and yeah, obviously we paid, that was a very expensive experiment. Um, and so that kind of solidified, we have to feed them raw food. There is no question about it. They must be fed raw food. Um, and then one day we were working out, we had the two dogs and a couple of our friends, we told about the experience. They're like, oh, we'll get raw food too. And we started thinking, we're like, all right, so if we can buy in bulk, we could get a discounted price. And we started thinking, okay, well, if we get two or three of our friends, and we all buy collectively, then there would be enough margin in this that it would get our food cheaper or friends, if we put a dollar on to orders, then, you know, we could make some money off this. And that's how the idea started. I remember the specific moment my husband was pacing around the bedroom doing the numbers. Um, and a week later, next thing you know, we were pursuing a career in <laughs> manufacturing and more dog Amazing. Oh, it was ride of my lifetime i'll tell you what so so he he was the raw feeder before you and and he's the one yeah. who believed in in raw in the the power of raw food that's amazing he didn't 
I don't think he knew, like, I don't think we knew what the benefits were. It just made sense to him. So, I mean, like you have like the type of people in the pet food industry that um, they, you know, they, they're learning, they, they, they learn about fresh food feeding and things like that at a base level. And they're like, okay, it makes sense that my dog to have raw food but then there's a side of it that then you get people like for example yourself and myself who we start um we start really getting into it and delving into it and start using food as um or kind of like medicine per se and we start learning about how we can influence our dog's behavior and our dog's health through food um so that's like the next level of it and did you i mean with with your raw food business i mean um so you basically really decided and then you, okay, let's go for it and do it. And I mean, like, did you, what challenges did you, did you have, you know, um, setting up the business and getting it run and everything? Oh, it was a two year thing. It was not like a, we're going to do, we're going to start manufacturing next week. It was such a challenge. Um, well, there's so many things that go into it, you know, like legislation and licensing, like just trying to navigate the legislation. Raw dog food back then was not a thing. Um, and there were very few companies that were doing it. Only the bigger companies were doing it. Um, we were heav heavily influenced by uh, Dr. Ian Billinghurst, which is the founder of Bath Raw Feeding. Yeah. Um, and I'd read all these books and whatnot. And we got a real knowledge from, from that. We would fed different products different commercial products and like that um but there was so many hurdles with the uh with the raw dog food business you know um going down the lines of complete imbalance do we follow a common sense approach or do we you know do we use synthetic vitamins and minerals and so on and so forth like it was it's such a challenge then on the flip side of that we also had um the technological side of it is our subscription-based service so we were the one of the very first subscription-based dog food businesses that there were that I knew about um, and that we you know I I truly believe unless I'm told otherwise we believe that we were the first people doing subscription dog food uh, well for raw food anyway um, and it was great because our food, we had different sizes. So we had a kilo, we had 500 grams, and then we had a 250 gram bag. Um, and you could modify your dog's daily intake um, using our calculator. And then we delivered to you uh, to the closest 250 gram bag. So there was never excess of dog food. There was never any, um, never anything left over in the week. Like there was maybe a, to 250 gram left over, but you basically... You didn't buy a box and then have all different days. It was like every week or every fortnight or every month, you got exactly what you needed for that time for what you had put in. Um, and it kind of worked like that. So that was a huge hurdle. Like getting that with the tech, with the IT guys was just like a total nightmare. Um, but we got there in the end and it, and it worked great. It worked really good. Wow. That, that's really, that's really amazing. Um, in Singapore, we, I think, um, Dr. B's Bath was the first um, commercial raw dog food that I came across, um, you know, a couple of years back when I, when I started, you know, looking into raw food diet for, for my animals. And um, his was the first one that I could find uh, being sold in Singapore. It was brought in by, by, by a guy, you know. Um, and now, fast forward, you know, five, five years, six years, we see a lot of local companies now offering a, a raw food 
you know, business, you know, something very similar to yours, like subscription based or, you know, like you order like every two weeks, that kind yeah. of thing. You know, so there, there is a, actually a, a movement, uh, an awareness now, very small awareness movement going in Singapore about um, the raw, the benefits of a raw or fresh food diet, you know, and I do a lot of rescue work. Um, so we handle like dogs and cats, but, uh, you know, we, 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 when we meet new people and they're feeding a commercial diet and they have a lot of like um, health issues you know, with, with, with their, with their animals. And the first thing we always say, like, you know, well, what are you feeding? You know, uh, cause they'll, they'll tell about, they'll talk yeah. about the behavior and, you know, um, oh, my dog's itchy or my dog's like really crazy or something. And we say like, um, what are you feeding your dog or your cat? You know? And, and they look at us thinking yeah. like, what's that got to do with what I'm talking about? You know, so the education part is really slow, but, um, you know, we, we try our best to, to teach them, you know, uh, the, the, the link and the benefits of it. So, you know, what you've been doing and I've been following you for, for a while now, and I, I, I really admire the fact that, you know, um, you, you, you do your videos and you teach people, you know, about the nutrition and you even do like simple videos, like how you prep how you do meal preps and stuff and what supplements you do. I actually love that. It's very slut. It's very slut. That's ironically, they seem to be the videos that everybody loves. And it's just the videos that I do in the spare of the moment. And then I'll do this amazing video that I've worked so hard on. And I think it's going to land so well. And then it just doesn't get anything. And it drives me up the wall. But <laughs> hey, that's whatever. The power of the people, whatever the people want. <laughs> if you want me to stand in a supermarket, I'm happy to do that. Well, I think I think it, I think it's the the fact that because it's so raw and authentic, and it you know, and they see the boo-boos. I think usually when they see the boo-boos, and you know, they 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 identify with that. And I think that's what draws me to you and your videos is the fact that you know, it's like I see, I can see myself, you know, with you, like what you're doing, and you know, um, dealing with the dogs, and you know, like what's going on. And at the same time, you're doing your meal prep and stuff. That's real life, and I think that's what everybody appreciates, and they and it resonates with them, you know. Well, I see, like yeah, my definitely. <laughs> you know, Merlin. It's it's um. I think the thing is, is it's so um. Your your deliveries arrived by the sounds of it. <laughs> I oh, I have no idea, but I've I asked them to put it outside the door, so it's okay. <laughs> we just uh, yeah. um yeah, it's it's insane because i think the um i'm trying to do that a bit more do you need to tell her if we can yeah it's, it's, it's fun you're right no stress no no she's not trained like yours man but you know we just uh, ignore no, her just ignore her the, just ignore her. this is real life everybody man, the, this is real life everyone the, the mailman turns up we're all it's going to be a shit show right um no so i'm i'm planning on doing a bit more of that with my training um i think that as a trainer, it's interesting. I'm happy to show myself being totally vulnerable from a nutrition perspective. But as a trainer, um, you know, showing footage of your dog um, and your dog's not been perfect is something that for a really long time I was really quite worried about. And I, I guess I was like, they may think that I'm not such a good trainer. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's a part of life, right? There's two trainers that I'm absolutely insanely influenced by um, and I love their stuff and it was actually one of the biggest moments of realisation, one of the hugest light bulb moments that I had um, and that is Chad Mackin and Jay Jack 
um, and Chad Macken um, is from uh, Something to Bark About podcast and Jay Jack is from Next Level Dogs and they had a, a podcast called Dog Training Conversations Together. Um, and one of, the, one of the training concepts that I learned through that was, um, was the... Or do you want to go tell her? Or am I right yeah. to just keep going? You just keep going. I can mute, I can mute this part, you know. Just keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Hallelujah. okay, sweet. I'll just, if you want me to just ignore her, I'm happy to ignore her. Yeah, just ignore her. her. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> All right, sweet. No worries. So, um, yeah, so they're, Jay Jack and Chad Mackin are one of the, um, are one of the most influential, uh, I guess, um, dog trainers that have really changed change the way I train and one of the moments that one of the things that they talked about is what's called a layered stress model um and basically that's when I started to piece the you know the nutrition component into the behavior component and I mean I sort of always had an idea about that but I had like a framework now that I could work within um and it's how I manage in a behavior and, and how I do pretty much um most of my behavior training so they were like the two trainers that you know really talked that that I guess highlighted to me that it's how do we make our dogs more livable how do we live with them in unity and how do we live with them in peace and a big part of that is obviously um is it you know not every dog is perfect you have issues uh and I certainly have my share of issues with my dogs and my challenges that um constantly um but yeah it's I think showing that raw side is is something that I want to do more in my training anyway um, I do that on my pet girl pack. I have a group that's allocated to my private training clients and I'm constantly doing live videos of me training the dog and they watch the cat, how the cat jumps in and ruins everything. And they, you know, she pulls us always annoying me when I need her to not annoy me. Um, and I, I show things like when I come home, how to, t- how to stop the dogs from jumping up and things like that and how I work through my own struggles that I have with my own dogs. So yeah, something that I definitely want to bring to the public a little bit more. I think well I think I I have one dog and you have four and a cat and you know I can't imagine the <laughs> amount I mean besides the food but the amount of control and training and patience that you must have to to handle because I mean like the, the breeds that you have they're like working oh. dogs you know like herding dogs and working dogs and I I mean I'm not I'm not very well versed but they're quite high energy, aren't they? Um, so, no, actually, no, not really. Um, I think one of the biggest things that people don't realise and they don't understand when it comes, to, um, it comes to living with dogs and how easy a dog is to live, and this is, again, going, um, paying you know, tribute to Jay Jack and uh, Chad Macken who talk about this, um, is how to biologically fulfil your dogs. So um, if your dogs are biologically fulfilled and they're satisfied, and I don't mean tiring them out, there's a difference between exhausting your dog and biologically fulfilling your dog. If you're giving your dog what they need and what is keeping them engaged in life and fulfilling their life, they have no reason to be out of control and ridiculous. Um, That paired with a good diet and you have dogs that are happy to relax and chill out. Like I'm pretty sure, let me just just sleeping on the um on the couch right there 
And I think, you know, like I said, this morning we just finished. Um, this morning I was at sheep herding with my youngest dog, Vixen, who's a working border collie uh, or from working lines. Um, and that's, you know, she's going to be zonked out for most of the day because she's had that opportunity to express her natural instincts um, and, and express those natural drives. And so, you know, during the day, it's, it's not necessarily a level of control or a level of, um, you know, I have to run them and things like that. We do live on a really beautiful property. So it's, it's great for us is that we've got that for them to go and sniff and, and do things that are natural to them. Um, but yeah, for the most part, our dogs just sleep during the day. Um, unless I try to get them to do some training or, or something like that, they're pretty chilled out. They don't, I don't have any issues of them being ridiculous and running around causing a ruckus. Um, so I'm quite lucky in that, in that regard. How, what, okay. You know, what you're doing, um, it's highly disciplined and requires a certain like mindset, you know, the, the mindset of what you do. Could you share with everyone, like, um, what's your, like a daily routine looks like for you and how do you, how do you, you know, um, prime your, your mind and your attitude to deal with, you know, whatever that's happening during your day? Um, hmm. I would have to say I'm actually not so good at doing this. Um, I definitely, to be honest, I have lots of struggles with, um, keeping on task. I feel like I have so many things going on in my mind 24 seven. Um, and I've just actually made the decision, uh, just recently in the last couple of weeks to, uh, do the pet girl full time, um, and to do the dog training school that I run, um, with my other trainer partner, uh, Julia Terry. And we run a dog training school called that dog school so we're going to do that full time and do and I'm doing the pet girl full time I find it challenging to stay on task um, I really do it's a struggle I think in terms of my dogs and my routine and how you know I think um, I think the biggest thing that I'm at the moment I'm trying to implement is having some off times and having some like away from social media times it's so easy to get stuck in the social media reality um, and to get fixated in what's going on and people's struggles. But at the end of the day, the, the real world is awaiting you. So I try my hardest to make sure that I'm still taking my dogs on hikes and I'm still getting out into nature, that we're still going to the beach, that we're still, you know, we're sitting um, on the couch, chilling out and giving belly rubs and things like that, just to try and keep my mind um, in a restful, peaceful state. Um, but I mean, look, I feel like when you do have um, uh, the, the thirst to keep learning all the time, you know, it, it's, you really have to allocate your downtime because if, if you don't, you are just constantly, you know, 24 seven dog, 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 animal, 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 cat, cat, cat. Um, and it can, it can put a bad taste in your mouth after a long time, especially from a training perspective, because when you deal with people, from a training perspective, you never go to their house and they're like, oh, there's my dog's amazing. There's nothing wrong with my dog. Um, you're constantly dealing with people's, um, either their negative responses to their dogs or negative behaviors that their dogs are showing. So it's, it can really drain on you. But yeah, having that downtime where you can just go for a decompression walk in the bush is something that I think is really important. If that, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically now you're doing... Um pet girl and that dog school full-time now so in the past you're doing it part-time like with with um with something else or were you were you you still have your your raw food business 
No. So the raw dog food business, um, basically what happened was we just got to, we had too many clients and we had, uh, we couldn't find anywhere that uh, we could move into. Um, and so we kind of, my husband and I sat back and we're like, look, do we really want to make dog food? And I mean, we were doing everything. So I'm talking about the sourcing, the chopping of every fruit and vegetables, the preparing. Um, and, you know, we were getting up to half a ton of dog food a week. Uh, and so at that stage, it was only the three month mark, you know, and we had customers coming in and um, constantly. So, we made the decision to, uh, to end that, um, unfortunately, but I felt like at that stage that the biggest thing that I loved doing was educating people and talking to people um, and talking to people about um, the manufacturing processes and shining light on the manufacturing processes because it was such an ambiguous thing um, back then. And so I, I realised that the world or the world, but the the Australia doesn't need another pet food manufacturer. We've got some really great ones, some fresh food manufacturers that are really fantastic. It doesn't need one of those. What it needs is education. Um, and that's where my passion for the pet girl, and that's how the pet girl became the pet girl because I changed the business from, um, you know, from that pet food company to the pet girl. Um, you'll notice a certain theme in all my business names, that dog school, the pet girl, that pet food company. I've got a bit yeah. of a thing for it. <laughs> I know it's cool Um, but yeah that's how the pet girl started so I left that um and then now I I transitioned to doing I was um operating operating a daycare uh, at my home on my six acres at home um and I would have you know 10 dogs per day um and I did that for a while and then I thought you know what it's not fair for my own dogs to constantly have dogs and especially dogs with challenging behavioral issues and so pretty much from there I um I, I went to a more of a, a casual thing with the pet girl uh, and still did behavioral consults. And I always had another job supplementing the income there, but um, the pet girl's busy enough as it is with all the COVID-19 stuff. So I've decided to take it full time again and give it a red hot crack again. Awesome. <laughs> so how, how has COVID-19 affected um, Queensland or, you know, where you are? Um, which part of Queensland? Yeah. Um, we're on the Gold Coast, so we're on a like a tourist capital type thing or a tourist area. Um, yeah, it's obviously we have full restrictions, so we weren't allowed to leave houses um, unless it was for essential travel. We couldn't go anywhere recreationally. We couldn't be within 1.5 to 2 metres of people. Um, cafes could only do takeaways, so on and so forth. So for a period of time, um, I wasn't able to do dog training. But then I noticed what I started to realise. I said, everybody's going to get sick of their dogs. They've not lived with their dogs um, 24-7 previously because they've been at work. I'm like, everyone's going to start getting annoyed with their dogs. So their dogs are going to drive them up the wall and they're going to realise how much training they don't have. So it was a it was a really great opportunity to jump back in there. And I did it. Their calls and the emails just started coming through and I just let it be a natural thing. Um, and now that the restrictions have kind of eased now, it's, it's fine to, um, to go to people's houses. And, and as long as we're being safe and we're being mindful, but I don't think we've had any new reported cases in a while. So um, we're on the up and up from there. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so yeah. you do you do house visits um, for like one to one, and do yep. you and you do group as well? Because um, I think I saw a yep. video of you doing a group with a line of um, dog parents, and then you had I think 
um, different contraptions like the vacuum cleaner um, or yeah. something, you know, to sort of like um, test, test the dog's reaction. Um, do you still, I mean, yeah. do you still do that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I do one-on-one. I offer private home training, um, whether that be puppies, you know, for puppies or for behavioral challenges or whatnot. Um, all my private training gets, they get a free nutrition consult in there as well. Um, and then, yeah, I run with Julia Terry, run that dog school. Um, and with that dog school, we, our focus is real world learning. So there's no point being able to just get your dog to sit and drop and recall. Um, they need to be able to deal with the world around them. So, and that's what our whole principle is with our, with our dog training school is our classes about real things. So we theme, we have a, a, an exposure, um, topic that we, that we do each week week in our junior dogs course um and you know so the week that you would have saw would have been yard tools so getting the dogs showing some impulse control around yard tools but with other cool things we we do um funny dressed people and i've actually got this really awesome dog this like real life poodle mask and it's so scary and it actually looks like a giant poodle it is out of this world it's got fur and like real eyeball looking things and believe it or not i try and spook the dogs all the time and they just don't even care so um you know i I don't know my dogs love it they think it's great i get it out for party time (laughs) they love it they think i'm a poodle it's like jumping on me um but yeah we do different things like during christmas time i dressed up as santa and like tried to get people used to you know what it might be like if they wanted to get santa photos um just stuff like that uh, different surfaces getting dogs walking on different surfaces um you know getting dogs used to mops and things that move or like things like bikes and skateboards and scooters and balls and showing some really good impulse control uh especially for those working breeds that tend to chase and have a prey like drive to those types of things um yeah that's that's what we that's what we work on for that dog school plus all your basic obedience well, I think it's amazing what you're doing, and I think it's I think it's very geographically, um, you know, um, to 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 your business because um, you're in, you're on a Gold Coast, so you actually have great weather and lots of land. I mean, like what, six acres, you said your your property. Yeah, I live on six acres. I'm very that's, lucky to live um, on six acres. That's it's amazing. Something. I mean, in Singapore, um, it's a very it's a small little dot, you know, near the equator as well. Um, we have about 5.7 million people, and but it's a very urban city. So everyone's living on top of everyone else, you know, like apartments and stuff. Yeah. So we don't have yeah, yeah. we don't have that, you know, the the that space or that land where you have a backyard like what you do and and run. Yeah. Do you have clients that live in in apartments over there, or is it just because yeah. it's a Gold Coast? I, I don't know. How? Most of my clients live in suburb in, live in suburbia, so we have like our streets and stuff, our houses, and um, and we have like a little backyard. Um, yeah, I do some apartment apartment uh, work with dogs. My main sort of focus that I, I tend to get is pet dog people that are looking for things like just to take their dog on a walk. They just want to take their dog on a walk and not have their dog pull them and drag them everywhere and want to greet everyone. Or, um, or I've actually I have had a lot of uh, human reactivity issues like cases um, where dogs are just not socialized or when I say socialized I mean positively exposed to the right things in their uh, critical period of development um and so yeah just getting them used to they, they, they've they've 
quite fearful and lack confidence in those situations. So just getting them used to that kind of stuff. Um, in some areas, we kind of do live on top of each other. In other areas, we're spaced out like where I live. Um, most people take their dog for a walk along the beach and things like that. So they do need to get used to, you know, being around bikes and scooters and weird looking people. We do have some interesting people on the cold coast, um, and just getting used to that. So that's definitely important. And how would you say would be your, um, you know, like you, obviously you feed your animals a raw food diet. Um, you know, how would you describe that you know because everyone's talking about the bath prey model franken prey franken bath whatever you know um how would you describe how you feed and you know um and also you know the the home environment in terms of um you know even like yourselves like you know how clean and green are you you know uh in terms of maybe um your cleaning detergent, you know, does that play a factor or, you know, you know, do you use chemical um, stuff on your animals like flea and tick? Because I'm sure you have mosquitoes over there. Um, you know, yeah. heartworm would be an issue, would be a concern over there. Like I think like in Singapore, you know, so how do you, how do you deal with all that? You know, for, for your dog? Yeah. It's, um, Oh, it's so challenging. So in terms of feeding, um, I follow a bath, a DIY bath model. Um, I do believe plant matter has a really important role in gut health um, and also uh, in providing nutrients that our dogs may not get from just meat alone. Um, unless you're really feeding like whole prey, like entire prey, um, you know, regularly, like all the time it's going to be really challenging to get some of those nutrients into your dog so micronutrients so um you know i use i, I feed the the bath raw feeding model um i have a really wide range of uh, variety i do rotate between commercial brands as well um and i yeah and occasionally i'll add supplementation if required but i, I certainly it's judged on the dog and it's judged on the meal in front of me I don't, I don't feed my dogs a complete and balanced meal every day. Um, I believe a common sense is more appropriate than my cat. Um, I just had my youngest dog, Vixen, uh, I just had her blood tested. She's a year old now. She was weaned to raw food and then she has been fed a DIY diet from coming home. Um, and I just got her blood test and her blood tests returned great. They were all middle range, no issues there at all. So it's a bit of a good indication that, you know, um, that's her base blood test. So now I'll use that every time I, I test her or annually test her. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good base rate and it shows that, you know, what I was doing was, is working for her. So, and she's developing fantastically. She looks awesome. Um, so that's in the feeding front. Now, when it comes to chemicals and stuff, this, this is a really challenging, I find this really challenging. Um, our property that we live on, we actually live on what's called a biocycle, meaning that we don't use town water. So we have tank water and our, we don't have a town sewerage system. So our sewerage system is um, like an environment thing that's on our house. So we can't use those really harsh chemicals any. We don't, um, yeah, we don't really use really harsh chemicals around the home. Um, I tend to only really use like peppermint oil, um, for my floors, like essential oils. Um, I try where possible to be holistic in that, uh, in, in that approach. Um, I'm really mindful of that, not burning candles and things like that. When it comes to 
preventatives and tick can flee preventatives. We are very unfortunate that where we live, we are high paralysis risk tick, sorry, tick risk area all year round. There is no off season for us. So um, unfortunately, there is just not, there is, there really is no, no option for us in terms of doing it naturally. Um, you know, the, nothing that I have used or tried has given me a hundred percent guarantee. Um, and unfortunately where we live and things like having a Shetland sheepdog, it's just, you can't slip up. There's no error. You cannot, um, slip up. Our previous cat actually got tick paralysis. She didn't die from tick paralysis. She recovered, but she, um, we, sh- we never used a preventative for her. And she ended up having a genetic disease that come out as a result of being her immune system being compromised from the paralysis tick. So we've, I've been down that track and it's a horrific track. So for us, we use NextGuard Spectrum. It's got the heartworm in there. I hate it. I detest using it. I absolutely, I hate it. It makes me feel ill every time I have to do it. But in saying that, um, I check the guys, I check the girls regularly and uh, I check the dogs very regularly. Um, And yeah, we don't have that issue with ticks. Bullseye, on the other hand, which is our cat, she she's allowed to be outside supervised. She was not on a preventative until a couple of days ago, and she was coming home with three to four paralysis ticks every single day, um, and I would have to take them off her. And that's in our own immediate yard, and our yard's fairly manicured. So uh, for her to have to come home and get those, like she's really good with relaxed compliance and checking her, but. If I make one mistake, I may lose my animal. So there's just not an option there. Um, so unfortunately, we had to, like, like three days ago, we actually had the, the cat alternative, which is the Brevecto. Um, and like, again, I felt ill giving it, anxiety giving it to her. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, it's just where we live and we, that's what we have to do. So um, I don't over-vaccinate. I tie to test uh, and I try to provide immune uh, boosting foods and antioxidant rich foods whenever I have to essentially poison my dogs. Mm. Do you, yeah, right. Yeah, it, it's hard because I think like Singapore is very similar to, to, to Brisbane where, uh, or Gold Coast where you are because uh, we're tropical. So mosquitoes is an all year round thing. We've got dengue, you know, we've got um, yeah. heartworm, you know, um, fleas and ticks that's, that's like all year round. So, you know, depends on, on um, where you're located again, like you said, because you have, you know, um, a very suburban, like you've got, you know, land and, and the animals go out. So I think location is actually very important in terms of like, what can you use to, to help your animals and protect your animals, whether you like it or not. Sometimes you really have no choice. Yeah. You know? Um, do you, do you give them things like, you know, yeah. liver detox and stuff when you give them all that, um, like Brevecto yes. to help detox and build, you yes. know, 100%, 100%, 100%, 110%. Um, if when they, when we lived on the beach, oh, he comes bullseye now. When we lived on the beach, um, we, we never gave them anything. And I am firm in that. If we ever move back to living on the beach or living in an area where we're not in a paralysis tick area, then yeah, 100%, they will be taken off that immediately. There is no question about it. Um, and then obviously if I moved to suburbia, my cat would be an inside, inside cat only, not really an outdoor cat, unless she was on the heart and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, obviously where you live plays a role in that. And yes, we 
I do detox foods. So I just try to make sure their food's antioxidant rich. And then I also provide things like milk thistle. Um, I just more so just making sure their gut health is good and trying not to load them with certain things. So instead of, hang on, Bullseye might come and say hello. Bullseye, what's what's? Oh, she comes. <laughs> she might come and put her bum in front of the camera. Um, yeah, no, so I do try to put in um, foods that I know that are going to help with um, reducing inflammation as well and just make sure that, I mean, they get that anyway. So, you know, their diet is pretty much is antioxidant-rich anyway, but I just try and make sure that when I do have to give them that, that I'm, I'm being sensitive, I'm not giving them proteins that I know they struggle with or, or that I know that are harder for them. I give them, it's like an easier food, um, easier feed for them. Um, yeah, that's sort of where, our, where we're at at the moment. And, you know, um, I know you, you help run a Facebook group. Um, could, yes. you, could you talk more, could you share um, with the listeners, you know, what, what's that about? Because I find that very interesting, um, your approach to that group. Could you, could you just, you know, chat about it? Yeah. Um, so our group is called Fresh Food Feeding for Dogs Kibble Feeders Welcome. Uh, and this was a huge light bulb moment in my, um, in my direction. Uh, and it was, the reason is, is that I used to believe that there was no half and halves. You couldn't just do a half raw diet. Like why would you just do a half raw diet? And I was really exclusive about being mindful about people. Um, hang on one second. Can I help you? Pop up here. Pop up. Um, I was real. Sorry, we've got bullseye staring everyone up. Vixen. Vixen. Just everybody relax. I think the mailman coming. I can hear him. <laughs> Watch out. Are you ready? The symphony's about to start. Uh, quick, I'll get this out before the mailman comes. Um, so, yeah, so the Fresh Food Feeding Group was a really huge, um, like, I guess point in my, in my education and, and in my passion that I realized that you don't have to be so judgmental and gun ho with people. And you can actually, um, you're going to win more bees with honey. And if you support people in their journey, they're more inclined to ha- want to listen to what you have to say. Um, and so our group is, our goal is to be inclusive uh, and is be, we don't tolerate any drama. And I'm sure if you interview Sasha, she'll tell you that we do not tolerate bullying. We do not tolerate people being on their high horses. We do not tolerate. It's a highly moderated group. Um, but you know what? It means that for new people, they can come in and feel safe. And that's what we aim for is that the fresh food feeding say a place is a safe community. Um, and they can ask questions and, they can feel vulnerable and they can get it wrong sometimes. It's okay. It's not, you're not going to kill your dog. Um, and that's sort of what we've created is that it's an all-inclusive, you know, if you feed kibble, it's okay. Come over to us. We'll help you. Sh- we'll show you and help you understand why we think that fresh food feeding is best for a dog. Um, and so, yeah, the group's kind of gone on that direction. And in a, I think it's like almost a year, almost two years that it's been open. We've got, got 23,000 members in that group. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's unreal. And the, the support in that group is unbelievable. It's one of my favorite places to go and check out what everybody's doing. Um, it's fantastic. We love it. And I mean, if you have that many people and just you and Sasha, um, how do you manage or do you have like other admin? Mo- I mean, like, 
No. I don't know. How do you manage a group? Us. <laughs> oh, sweat, blood, and tears. No, um, honestly, no. And I, am I, I'm not allowed to swear in this, am I? I'm not allowed to swear. Yes, you once, can. Maybe? You can. You can swear. You can swear. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'm going to swear and I'm going to say no fucking bullshit is how we keep that group under wraps. We do not tolerate people being jerks for the sake of it. Um, and we're really selective about who we're letting in these days. You don't get any chances. If you if you don't read the rules and you don't follow the, um, you know, what's going on, well, do you know what? You, you're likely to get kicked out. Um, and we are really, really, really on to um, our members about that. And because of that, people have started to, it's just the two of us, but people have started to go, hey, look, actually, how about you go and check out the start here file or this question's not appropriate or they report the post for us. It makes it a lot easier. We've got a really good group of members that um, make everybody accountable. And that's the thing is that we're adults. We can all participate. If you can't be an adult in the group, you can't be in the group because um, it is an adult learning environment. So the other thing too is that we also have, it's not a speculation group. It's based on evidence. So wherever somebody says something, they need to provide evidence of what they're talking about. Otherwise, it's not, it doesn't really have a place and it's just opinion. Um, and I think that mentality has helped us through. Um, yeah, and just reframing from being judgmental. I don't, it's just, it's got a good vibe in there. We love it. It's just um, people just, you know, I guess people just taking a step back and really thinking about what they're posting before they post it um, and checking the resources that we always already have in the group. Yeah. Uh, are all the members from Australia or do you, you know, what's the, what's the demographics? I mean, like, you know, from different countries or what's what like? So it's predominantly an Australian group. However, it is, um, we do have, it's open to the world. So anybody in the world can join. Um, we do have, it's probably, um, Australia is the most, um, the most prominent, obviously, of members. And then I think the US is behind and then the UK. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just depends, like the different areas. We find that sometimes particular areas tend to get kicked out faster just because they're used to living a certain way or being a certain type of person. Um, but it's fine that we, it's just a learning process and you know, you never really get banned and blocked unless you do something horrific. So, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it's, yeah, it's, we are pretty inclusive. So how long would you say from, from, cause you were a police officer, um, how long ago was that? Yes. Oh. Yeah, you have to make me think. Oh, how long were you a copper? Five. Five years. I was only a police officer for a very short time, like a year and a half, two years or something like that. Um, yeah, not long at all. I did love that job though. It was a very good job. So. so um, I think like maybe five, six years ago. So you've been, you've been in this journey uh, for five and five, five to six years already, from dog food yeah. manufacturer, dog trainer, um, nutritionist, you know, um, that's a wow. That's a lot of things that you've done in a very short time frame. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because you're I studying. Like, you're constantly serial, studying. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. Career serial career changer no i just if i don't find happiness in it we only live once if i don't find happiness in it i just move on from it um and i've always been like that so 
yeah, I think that's why I've done so many things. And I get new ideas. I'm constantly getting new ideas. So I'm always like off doing things. And I'm so lucky. My husband's really supportive of that. Um, and he's actually very similar. So we are both like off doing a million different things all the time. And everybody that knows us knows that we're, we are like that. Um, but yeah, speaking of the devil as he walks past. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Um, I am 28. I just turned 28. Listen to that, everybody. She's 28 years old. She's spent <laughs> the last five to six years doing all that, you know. So don't tell me you can't do it. Just look at her because <laughs> she's done it. You know, she's tried everything and she's following her passion. You know, I think that... <laughs> <laughs> that is something that I think, you know, we need to share with everyone, you know, um, don't, don't be scared, just do it, you know, uh, and learn. Yeah, to don't, don't be scared, just be open-minded. When you're open-minded, like I said, you're more inclined to um, be able to, I don't know, do, adapt better. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, if you're passionate about something, just go for it. I mean, obviously... The thing is, is that if you spend so much time just being stuck in your own mindset, then you, you know, that's where I think people kind of uh, turn a bit bitter or turn resentful or turn like it starts becoming a negative for them. If you're constantly being open-minded and, you know, changing and, and changing with the times and things like that, then it's, it's never really boring. It's always really interesting. So, yeah. Do you, do you have um, holistic vets over there or, you know, or is it mainly? I yes. Mean- I mean, what, what's the vet scene like over, over there? So we do have, we do have like the yeah, big chain vets, um, but I've got a holistic vet. I go, I actually have vet different. I have my main vet that I go to. Um, I have a vet for my cat um, because they do tighter testing and stuff for cats. I have like a sports vet that I go to if I need to see someone specifically for something. And it's all about, creating a team for your dogs and for you um you know like i have a physiotherapist that i that i use for my dogs i'll have um you know like i said a massage therapist that i'll use for my dogs or someone that does acupuncture for my dogs and i have that team and i have it's a team of people as opposed to just like one person um if that makes sense yes definitely i mean that definitely helps so you actually create a, a support team to help take care of your dogs for specific needs, not just one, one yeah. that you rely on. And is your yeah, vet... Yeah, well, it'd be like if you had... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go on. No, so is your vet, um, you know, uh, open to the idea of you feeding raw? I mean, like what you're doing with your animals, are they supportive of it? Yes. They do not have... They do not sell kibble in their clinic. Um, they are fresh food feed. Yeah, they're a fresh food feeding vet. It's an independent vet, Crumb and Fair vet. I love the team there. The vet nurses are amazing too. Um, you know, it's a it's a smaller practice, but my vet is unbelievable. He's constantly, you know, he's always saying, "Oh, we could try this and we could try that," and they never rush to antibiotics and um, and things like that. Really, really, really good. Um, they do obviously still use traditional methods or conventional methods, but they they do try where possible. Um, yeah. I've, everybody that they, everybody that goes in their doors, no doubt they're told about a fresh food diet. What are you feeding your dog? What, you know? Um, and yeah, they're all very consistent. All the vet nurses and stuff feed their dogs fresh food, which is great. And yeah, that's a great amazing. clinic. You're very lucky because in Singapore, 
I have yet to find a vet clinic that doesn't sell prescription diet or, you know, I have, we don't, we, we don't really have like a true blue, like holistic or functional vet in Singapore. Everyone else, everyone is basically con- very conventionally trained. And I think most of our vets actually, especially yeah. younger generation, all coming from Australia. They all study in the Australian vet universities because Singapore, we don't have a vet school. So if you want to be a vet in yeah. Singapore, you actually have to study overseas. And the nearest one is Australia. So we have a lot of vets that actually went to like, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, Perth, wherever, you know, to get their vet degrees. But when they come back, it's very conventional in the way they are taught and, and the way they, they you know, yeah. talk about come, come for your annual vaccination. Only a few clinics talk about titer testing. Not everyone does titer testing. Every clinic I've, I've come across sells prescri- prescription diet, you know, and it's always, you know, antibiotics and steroids is usually the first line of thing that they offer for anything. The thing, the thing is, is that people have such a huge attitude with vets and I just don't understand it. You know, like the vet, they don't come into the clinic and they they have the intention to tell you to do wrong by your dog. Every vet only ever cares about your animal, of course. Um, it's just how they've been taught, you know. Um, instead of going in with the attitude of like, it's me versus the vet. I go in with an attitude of going, I'm going to ask as many questions as I possibly can to hear what they have to say. And then I'll do my own research and I'll make my decision from there. At the end of the day, nobody can force you to do anything with your animal. It is what it is. Um, And if you don't gel with that vet, they are part of your team. So if they don't gel with you, maybe you should do some research and try and find somebody else. Um, But I... I don't ever go into a vet appointment feeling scared or worried or anything like that. Even if I go to a new vet, you know, because if they talk to me about something, I'll ask them questions and I'll pose some questions because before I go in, I'm well researched. I know, um, I know where I'm going with something and I know what my goal is, you know, especially with like vaccinations and things like that. Um, I know what my plan is and I, you know, I follow other vets that, that are, you know, that are doing what I am doing similar. Um, and so when I go in and, you know, someone says, oh, you know, why are you trying to testing your dogs? You don't need to do that. You vaccinate them. I go, oh, look, sorry. I'm, I'm not really interested in that, that line of conversation. Um, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. But it's about finding a team to support you, 100%. No, that's that's very good. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's I think it could be the... Um, the Aussie nature. I think Australians in general, they're a lot more. We're hard. We're hard. You think you're hard? <laughs> we are hard people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we're very, yeah. Um, I think we are. Hard. I think everybody can learn from something from everyone. So, you know, oh, I think if we just try to all just listen to each other and whatever and, and things like that, then, you know, if you just take the time to do that and you don't come out on the defense all the time, then you usually learn something from the other person. So that's sort of what we, we should try and aim for at least. Um, I probably learned that from the fresh food feeding group the most, I think, um, is to have that attitude. Well, of everything you've done so far, what are you most proud of? Oh, hmm. um, that is a good question. Um, I think 
definitely I am I'm proud of where the pet girl is um, I'm proud that I'm proud of my transparency project on the pet girl and thinking about from a from a different direction as far as pet foods being pet food manufacturers being transparent I don't know I there's nothing that I'm like, like, oh my God, this is, I'm this is proud of this moment. I'm actually proud of the whole journey. The whole thing has been like a collective, um, a collective journey that I'm, you know, I, I'm constantly, sometimes I like impress myself. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, look, to be honest, I think it's, I am, I, I guess I'm proud of the journey. I'm proud of where I've come from and um, how my mind's shifted and changed. But um, yeah, I think where the pet girl is right now is probably a highlight for me. Uh, but yeah. Does it take a lot of, you know, effort to, you know, like realize that, oh, I need to change or, you know, how fast does it my take? Husband has, my husband has taught me this, is that you have to, what do you say? What's your saying? He's got this best saying. He says that, Oh, ask him if to come to the can't. camera. Let me see him. Let me meet him. What's his name? Come into the camera. This is Tyson. <laughs> he's, he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he says, um, he says that, what is it? If you can't, if you can't keep up, hold on. So he just says, if you can't keep up, hold on. And he has shown me that through my whole life, like my, through my whole time of being with him, the, the journey is just like, if you can't keep up, just hold on to dear life. Um, and I think that attitude is like kind of gone, you know what, if it's, if it's things aren't like, if you, you can change and like, you know, the journey's so fast paced and whatever. And I think, you know, the constant pivots and things like that, I, I just, I always look for what makes me happy. And I'm very, a person that's very in touch with my emotion when it comes to, if something doesn't make me happy, I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't keep doing this. I need to change. True respect for what you've done and your journey, because like I said, I've been very fascinated by, you know, when I came across um, your your social media thing and I started to follow you, you know, and you know, all I could think was, oh, she's doing a lot of things in a, you know, in a very short time frame. And, you know, like I said, 28 years old. Wow. That's amazing. That's truly amazing. What, how much you've accomplished. You. And I look forward to seeing what else you're going to do you know, in, in the next five, too. <laughs> five, five years, you know, and, you know, oh, um, I'm tired. I'm tired <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> oh no. I think you're awesome. Oh. I think you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You know, thank you for, for, for taking the time, you know, um, and I, I look forward to, to hearing more about your story and sharing with other people as well. Cause you know, I think what you do is really cool. And um, please, you know, don't stop and keep sharing. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been awesome. It's good to talk about it. It's really good to talk about it. Thank you for listening to Brittany's story. Look out for Naturally Healthy Hemp's interview next week. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you, and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone. <laughs>